Today, we bring you a tale from the heart of New York's Hudson Valley. We welcome back master storyteller Jonathan Crook to tell this tale, a story that haunts the tiny hamlet of Leeds, where in colonial days the grisly death of a servant girl lives on in lore. We bring you The Horseman of Leeds. Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein-Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. Now, before you start, this story, you've billed it as the scariest story that you've come by on the Hudson River. I have, and... Of course, after declaring it scariest, I realize it's truly a matter of opinion. But (laughs) the imagery in the story, as you'll see, continues to haunt me. And there's something unique about one of the, again, manifestations of spirit in this story. We'll let our listeners decide. The Horseman of Leeds. In colonial times... People grew so desperate to come to settle round in these lands along the Hudson River. Some even seemed to, well, sell their body and soul. One such person was a young woman who hailed from Scotland. When she arrived on the shores here of the Hudson River, she found herself in debt and in desperation. She had to pay off the passage across the ocean, thus became, as many did, an indentured servant to one Ralph Sutherland, a fellow who fashioned himself as a kind of country squire given all the land he owned in the Catskills outside of Leeds. The young woman then had to work for Sutherland without pay and pay for the shelter, the clothing, the food she consumed while working, meaning Her time as an indentured servant might be three, five, even seven years. Now, she proved a worthy worker. Uh, Sutherland had kind of an arrogant attitude and would look down upon those without as much land as he had, and he also shunned the fine institution of marriage, which was quite common in in the time to avoid marriage. But Sutherland scrupulously avoided it, and women avoided him, so he needed someone like this young woman to take care of the household that shores round and about. She also plowed in the fields, did the gardening, even cut down trees, and soon got entrusted to go into the village of Leeds to have the grain ground into flour. One afternoon, while the grain got ground, she practiced the local custom of going into a tavern, Washington Irving says that folks would tarry in the taverns, thus giving rise to the name of Tarrytown in Leeds, wasn't much different, and she found herself swept up into songs from the old country, and soon lifted up her voice, no doubt singing a song like uh, one that Robbie Burns later would, would write down. Well, the hours went by, and the beer began to flow, and Sutherland wondered where was his servant girl, so he 
trekked back into the village and found her in the tavern, and in a great display of rage and arrogance he grabbed the girl by her braids, drags her out, and tied her hands to his horse's tail, meaning to teach this upstart a lesson. And he meant to walk her along, humiliate her into serving him better, but then he thought, oh, he really should prove to her who's in charge, who's the boss. So he got the horse at a trot, and the girl had to run to keep up. Now, what happened next seemed to come out in court records of the day, which at best were sketchy, but some, like relatives of Sutherland and those living in fear of him, claimed that, well, the horse got startled perhaps by a rattlesnake. But others who knew Sutherland better claimed, oh no, he deliberately got that horse into a canter, causing the girl to fall, and he wanted her to be dragged a bit just again to teach her a lesson. But the horse broke into a gallop. By the time Sutherland reined it in and climbed off of his mount, he went and looked and found the girl lying on the ground, her, her chemise torn, but with her auburn hair now flowing out of the braid, it looked as though she slept. But when he turned her over, he found a horrific sight. Gore, flesh, torn right down to the bone. She indeed was dead. Well, Sutherland was shocked and knew he'd have to stand trial, but he believed he could get off with, well, it was an accident, and at the time it was not uncommon to treat your servants, and indeed, of course, your slaves, roughly. During the trial, a circuit rider judge sat, and Sutherland knew him, and his relatives came, and everyone said that, well, it was an accident. But others disagreed and said, no, it was deliberate, and the record bears proof of the deliberation of Sutherland saying that this incident happened with malice afterthought. Well, the judge exhaled and said, I'm going to have to sentence you to hang. But the relatives jumped up. No, no, please, it was an accident. So he said, all right, you'll be hanged when you reach your 99th year. But to show all who you are, Ralph Sutherland, you will wear a noose round your neck. Well, Sutherland fashioned a silken noose, rather like a cravat. But no longer did he parade about Leeds and the Catskills with arrogance. Rather, he was sullen, morose, melancholy. And many said, plagued by strange dreams, which he thought not to be dreams, he'd report in the tavern, saying, Did anyone hear it last night? That woman, shrieking. Did you see her out on the road from Leeds? I did. Why, her hands are stretched up and... They're all aglow like candlelight. And folks would shake their heads, but soon some began to say, Well, I didn't want to confess to it, but yea, I, I did see something like that, and the, well, it was the cries, blood-curdling, causing the hair to rise on my back and paralyze me with fear. And soon people spoke of this shrieking woman with hair and fingertips, both aglow. Well, the years rolled by, and Sutherland wore the silken noose. When children or strangers asked, Why are you sporting that round your neck? Why are you wearing that 
Noose, are you supposed to be hanged? Sutherland would hang his head and slip away without an explanation. Well now, times changed, a new country got born, and in the reign of President John Adams, Ralph Sutherland showed up an ancient man in his late nineties, begging, Carry out my sentence. What is it? I'm to be hanged. I'm in my ninety-ninth year. Please put me out of me misery. I hear that woman shrieking every night. Please. Well, people kind of almost smiled and turned away, and no one would agree to hang Ralph Sutherland. So he sat mostly in that tavern where those Scots songs once were sung by a servant girl, and as a night wore on and began to look like dawn would appear, those keeping company with Sutherland agreed. They were hearing shrieks. Could it be the barred owl? The mockingbird? No, it's a woman. And they all opened up the door oh, and stood on the little porch and gazed long down the road from Leeds, and there they saw something leading them to believe they were experiencing more than well, just a howl from the night. Passing by, they clapped their eyes upon a skeletal horse, bones glowing a devilish red. But, eh, that wasn't the worst of it. Behind there followed an apparition of a woman with flowing auburn hair, hands reaching up as if in prayer. But day, the fingertips, they glowed, a ghastly, vivid, nay, dare I even say it, lurid red. And then, <coughs> a shriek pierced the air, and Sutherland, he runs out towards the specter. All others were too afraid to move, and then suddenly it seemed he was swept up onto the horse, and the woman screaming and cackling. Now some claim Sutherland was found lying on the ground, dead. Others said he made it to his bed, but all agree on one thing, that noose remained around his neck even when he was found, perhaps frightened, to his deathly doom. But when someone dared to move that scarf, if you will, a bit from his neck to see what might be underneath it, they discovered the neck of this ninety-nine-year-old man well, looked as young as the day the noose was tied round it. And Ralph Sutherland joined his servant girl in the next life. And even though folk along that road will on occasion report seeing that skeletal horse bones a-glowing, that Vibrant red passing by, followed by a young woman shrieking out fingertips, a devilish red. They'll say she gives now signs that, well, she finally broke free from her servitude and now serves a greater purpose, giving us warning and even lesson of things that have gone into the past, but deserve being remembered into this day. 
So go to Leeds and listen, and at night you may hear of the horror of a kind of slavery once called indentured servitude here along our Hudson River. That is an eerie story. An eerie tale, indeed. Oddly enough, my my first thoughts when you were telling it were, it's kind of got a feminist bent to it, you know? <laughs> indeed. There's a woman from Scotland. She, you know, takes it upon herself to, you know, get herself over and, and you know, I mean, albeit she was in indentured servitude, so not the most ideal situation, but your average woman at the time probably wasn't capable of doing that by herself. And then, you know, when she's killed in this horribly brutal way, she takes mm. it upon herself to haunt that guy for the rest right. of his life. <laughs> and yeah. remind us of that time. That's truly, indeed, I believe there is a feminist touch there. And these ghost stories come back to haunt us with reason to recall how women once retreated. And in those days, um, women especially, uh, you know, from the British Isles were not allowed to own property. And if they inherited property, it would have to be given to the next male heir, and that persisted, you know, I think past uh, colonial times as well. So the story, again, serves as a kind of gruesome reminder. And it's an older story, too. Indeed. So an older story with, you know, a feminist viewpoint is, it's you know, quite revolutionary. Indeed. Where did, where did it come from? Well, I checked, and it's it's in several books, um, Harold Thompson's Body Boots and Britches, um, Lewis C. E. Jones, um, Things That Go Bump in the Night, and and these were scholars of folklore from, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago. And Jones says um, that the first cited example occurred from a woman named Clarice Reese, who had heard this story as a girl. And I found evidence of some court record. It's spotty, but the words that Sutherland committed this crime with malice afterthought appear in a 1762, I think, court record. There was some... Uh, article in a magazine, um, and I'm tracking it down, you know, getting in touch with the author to verify. But again, it's really, it, there's evidence of this happening. It's, uh, you know, the ghosts you can you can debate, but this story apparently did happen. This girl was dragged to death. And uh, again, that treatment was not uncommon in uh, those colonial days. Yeah, this one just, what makes just it so much more scary that yes. something like that actually could happen. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the Lights On is a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, check out our podcast or head over to WAMC.org. 